Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Sears Soccer Studs podcast, where we discuss the beautiful game with a southern twang. I'm your co-host, Matt, and again with me this week, filling in for Joe, is Jason. Evening, Matt. Good evening. So, Jason, are you ready to cut this Premier League biscuit? Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, uh, gosh, what am I going to put on this biscuit today? I think I'm going to do a redo from the weekend. I had an egg and cheese biscuit at Bohangles, and it wasn't that good. So hopefully this is better. (laughs) I don't know. I think they put too much baking soda in their biscuits or something. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. How uh, How does the wife cook them? Oh, I don't know exactly how she cooks them, but man, when she cooks biscuits, it's like a world difference than most of the fast food. But I mean, you're going to get what you're going to get at a fast food place. True, 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 true. So yeah, egg and cheese on this biscuit. Nice. All right. Guys, welcome to episode 26. Wow. Still amazed that we've gotten this far. Um, But as usual... Jason and I jammed out to some music before this. Jason had to bear with me as I played about 15 songs from one artist to find the one that I wanted to play. And the reason I did that is because there's so many good songs by this band. And I mentioned them a while ago, but I had to bring them back up because, like I said, this is my favorite band, has been for since 2010 when I first hear, heard them. First heard them. Man, wow. What'd you hear? Uh, the band is Geographer, and the song that I went with is called Lonely. The reason I played this song is, one, it's a beautiful ballad, but also just sometimes, you know, especially with the pandemic going on, people just seem to Need a little bit of comfort. Um, this is a beautiful song. If you can, please take some time to listen to it. It's, uh, it's worth a listen, I have to say. Yeah, I have to agree with Matt on that. Um, Matt actually introduced this band a long, long time ago. Uh, geog- geographer? Yes. Yeah, if I'm saying that right, sometimes I just don't say things right. But yeah, good, beautiful voice. Yeah, he um, and if you listen to his albums throughout the years, the first albums were a little more electronic sound, and as he's gone through the years, every every album's been a little bit different. So, if you get a chance, please please listen to this guy. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And Jason, yes, Matt, I actually had a song too. We were jamming out to some. It's actually a collabo, Milky Chance, and a young lady by the name of Tosh Sultana on a track called Daydreaming. I love to daydream, man. I think maybe that's why I chose this, but <laughs> it also has kind of like a nice bouncy sound to it, too. So, yeah, yeah. something to jam out to. It was nice. It was very nice. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, we will get right into this. Please stick around. We do have an email for the tailgate. And it is a interesting one. All right, but we will start off with a wonderful game to start off the weekend. 
Yes. Leicester, Liverpool. Wow. Leicester, three. Liverpool, one. You know, I started uh, started watching this game. Um, I woke up a little bit late. Decided to sleep in a little bit. Can't remember exactly what happened, but uh, missed the first, you know, 10, 10 minutes of this game. But as soon as I turned it on, it just seemed like, there was a lot of misplaced passes. Now, I tried to see if wind was like a huge factor mm-hmm. in this game because I know they're getting some unbelievable weather over across the pond. Um, I saw today where Byron Munich was playing in snow. Like it's, yeah. yeah. Apparently they call it the beast from the east. Yeah, that's what they've been calling it. And it's been sticking around for a couple of weeks. Yeah. We're really, I mean, all over the world right now, crazy weather. Yep. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, we just, down here where we are, at the foothills, we've just been getting a crap ton of rain. And it's not just heavy rain. This is like Pacific Northwest just drizzle for days. Yeah. But anyway, getting back to this game, I just, the first half half for me was extremely slow. Um, Like I said, a lot of bad touches, balls hanging up in the air, just not finding person they're going to um Mo Salah didn't have his uh his boots on correctly it just unfortunate in the first half he looked like he got played in twice and just couldn't couldn't find his feet so yeah first half nil nil um but going into the second half that's when all the action happened yeah coming out of the um, out at halftime, Liverpool just were all over Leicester. And Leicester could not do anything, couldn't get out of their own half. And it eventually led to a 67th-minute goal from the guy I was talking about trying to find his shooting boots, Mo Salah. <laughs> but this is all Roberto Firmino, Bobby Chompers. Did you see this? Yes, I did. That assist. Uh, he's just... Very intelligent, subtle kind of player, but man, when he when he decides to show off, he does. <laughs> yeah, it was very artista. Yes. So he gets the ball played into him, back to goal, or even no, he was facing goal, and then he just decides to do a rolling back heel with like a two touch action, right? Yep, yep. Rolled it from one foot to the other, and then back heeled it back to Mosala, who just opened up his foot and just placed it in. Casper mm-hmm. Schmeichel dove for it, but was probably about a good 10 yards away from it. <laughs> I think he reacted when the ball went past him. Yeah. Oh, so that at that point you think, oh, the way this half is going, Liverpool's just going to pull away. But oh no, Liverpool kind of showed their butt. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Oh, man. Starting off in the 78th minute... James Madison um, gets a free kick following a controversial, almost penalty call. Harvey Barnes on the line. Is he on the line? Was a fall? We've talked about this way too many times. Like, anyway, the VAR says it wasn't a PK. Doesn't matter. James Madison steps up, hits the ball in across the face of goal. Nobody gets a touch on it, and it rolls right in. They check for offsides, but actually he was played on, so everything's good. It's 1-1. 
And then three minutes later, oh man, Allison. Ball gets played over the top. Allison's coming out. Apparently doesn't tell his defender that he's coming out. Comes out and just takes out his defender. They kick each other. The ball falls right to Jamie Party Vardy, who just strolls it right in. Simplest goal he'll ever score, probably. Yeah, I think he could have used his. He could have just blew it in. Yeah, yeah. Without <laughs> apparently, if there was wind, it probably could have just stopped the ball and let it watch the wind take it in. But. Yeah, really. And then four minutes later, Liverpool were trying to push for the equalizer in the 85th minute, get caught out, ball gets played over the top, and Harvey Barnes, <clears throat> with his pace, just beats everybody, beats Allison, side foots it, pretty mm. much game over. Yeah, it was just uh, a smash and grab from Leicester. It was... Uh, I was sitting there just kind of laughing at the the stuff going on. I mean, Emma was kind of making fun of me because I just kept chuckling because every, you know, they literally scored three goals in seven minutes. And I was just like, wow, this is unexpected. So, yeah, Liverpool will drop out of the bottom half with the results, or I'm sorry, the top four with the results today. West Ham and Chelsea move above them. Yep. So... In this game, I got to bring this up because everybody talks about how great Trent Alexander Arnold is and how he was voted in the world. Uh, I think it was UEFA Team of the Year or something. Yep. yep. He lost possession forty-five times against Leicester. That's really. I honestly have been watching him all season. It's something that has been going on for a while, and that was one of the highlight happenings of that because he's been trying to play midfield he hasn't been getting back he's been trying to do too much but yeah 45 times that's one every other minute throughout the game and so i've got a stat for you so 45 times against leicester the next the next person to um lose possession second place basically for this season trent alexander arnold 39 times Against Burnley, guess who's in third place? Um, probably just go say, go ahead and say his name again. <laughs> TAA Trent Alexander Arnold, thirty-eight times against Southampton, and this guy was voted best defender. And yeah, but but are we seeing him just maybe because he got that um, that plaque or that you know his name on that plaque? that we're seeing him wanting to play more midfield and saying that, ah, oh, you know, more of a midfielder than I am a wingback or a right back? No, um, the way Klopp has them play is, I mean, both him and Andy Robertson are... Right. I, I mean, when when we were growing up, they would be considered a midfielder, like left mid or right mid because you go forward, you go back. Right. But now... The way these teams are playing, they try to compact the middle and leave the sides open or the wings open for basically wingbacks or defenders. And, yeah, he pushes forward. But if you make this guy defend, he's in trouble. Yeah, and definitely we can probably talk about this even later too. But uh, started to see that last year, I think, with those wingbacks. But, anyway, uh, yeah, definitely Trent Alexander – Maybe choose a different uh, wake-me-up breakfast or meal before the game. Yeah, I mean, 
<clears throat> don't get me wrong. Like I, I want somebody to try to make a pass, try to find, you know, cut between the lines and make a through ball. Like my favorite thing in the world is a through ball. If you can play it with the perfect weight, just allow somebody like a Vardy just to run onto it. Only thing I, they got to do is just pass it in. Mm. Love that. But he is a defender. And I, I don't have the stats on where he lost possession, but if you're losing possession in your own half, that tends to be a problem. You know, people that are making these, passing it between the lines, trying to find the through ball, they're usually higher up the pitch where, yeah, counter tap can happen, but you've got plenty of people behind you. It's not the same for him. Yeah. So. But I wonder also, too, you know, I know we see him making mistakes, but is he making mistakes because we can talk about this more later, but because the defense is not the defense anymore? Yeah, I mean, they're they're having to put midfielders back in defense. Everybody's getting injured. So, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, Liverpool has been very unlucky with their injuries, but they're not the most unlucky team when it comes to that. So Definitely I don't, not. I mean, but, you're you're the champions. You're supposed to have the biggest depth. So, yeah, yep. don't want to hear about it. All right. <laughs> Moving on to Crystal Palace nil. Burnley, three? They scored more than one? Yes. Um, this was another, uh, I think, yeah, this is the game right after the game we just talked about. It was still early for me for some reason, but I was like, man, I see they're playing at Sel- Selhurst Park, but is that Burnley? Oh, yeah, I guess it was, but didn't really take long for them to start in this game. I mean, what was it, the fifth minute? Yeah, two goals inside of ten minutes. Oh, my gosh, fifth minute. Like, they just, you know, Burnley puts it together, and Crystal Palace's defense just looked like they were on on roller skates and maybe going the wrong way and sliding around them. I don't know that they had any sort of defensive position. Like a giraffe on ice. Well said. I'm getting that image now, and I'm like, wow, Toys R Us, like giraffe on ice. Yes. Yes, that's pretty much what it looked like for Crystal Palace. Poor old old Roy. But yeah, in the fifth minute, Johan Goodmanson. Goodmanson. He's Goodman. Yes. (laughs) And then, yeah, five minutes later, off a corner kick, McNeil. Man, he's probably one of the, you know, he's got the best touch on the team for the most part. To Jay Rodriguez. Yep. Beautiful header. Yeah, yeah. So now we're talking 2 nothing. What is Crystal Palace going to do? Well, no Zaha. Um, Benteke, maybe? Try harder? But, yeah, they had, it looked like Crystal Palace had maybe a half a chance in that first half and really tried to put things together. But, once again, battling to get the ball back and just had nothing in the final third. And then uh, just move on to the second half, man, because... What did Burnley do? They came out of the locker room running. 47th minute. I mean, Rodriguez to Matt Lawton. I think I think that's uh, his first name, Matt. Matt, Matt, Lawton. Lawton. Lawton, thank you. <laughs> Off of a volley. I think, I think. Right-footed. Beautiful, like, no, no chance on that. Beautiful shot. And... Um, I just have to throw in there that there wasn't a whole lot to talk about after that. Crystal Palace, uh, Van Arnholt, just watching him get beat up and down the field, which I don't understand why he stayed in the game. 
But um, Burnley continue to put space between them and, and the bottom three in this game. 3 nothing. Crystal Palace go back to the drawing board. They're going to have a lot of work to do next time out. So that's for sure. You said that Van Arnholt was on the field getting beat up and down. Do you think possibly, you know, Roy Hudson is an older gentleman. He's been around the game for a long time. But keeping his eyes open that long with the wind, do you think maybe there's like a little bit of a tear that happens, you know, when you're outside running and there's a lot of wind? Maybe that tear was just staying there, and every time he saw Patrick Van Ironholt run, he saw two of them maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the case is. You know, Roy's, you know, bless him. But I think he's a – he's a, I don't even know if he has tear ducts anymore. So <laughs> – but um, uh, painful to watch. I think he's seen it so many times. He just doesn't see it anymore. And most of his assistants are like, Roy, um, can we take old Van out? Because uh, what's he doing? But anyway. Roy, there's only eight people on the field. We need three more. <laughs> yeah, we need a Fred. No, we don't. <laughs> anyway. Gosh, 3 nothing. Burnley looked like Man City and Crystal Palace looked like Crystal Palace without Zion. Wow. wow. Another 3 nothing game. Man City 3, Tottenham nil. The tot. What you got with this game? Man, what a beautiful game to watch at the Etihad Etihad Stadium. But uh, I just have to say real quick before we get into the goals, Cancelo is just such an architect, and I feel like Pep is using that guy every which way, whatever position he's playing, left back, right back, midfield, everywhere on the field, forward, striker. Anyway, he just he shines out there, and, and it really looks like they're putting something – they put something beautiful together with De Bruyne, you know, on, on the injured list. But City's doing what City does, 13th minute. Mr. Hoiberg, what was he thinking? Pulling down Gundogan, gifted a penalty. Who takes the penalty? None other than Rodri. Rodrigo steps up, hammers the ball in the 23rd minute, and uh, actually gives Loris a chance. Yeah. But, you know, it, it still makes the back of the net. So a Too good penalty power. is is one that goes in. Yeah. Too much power indeed, but he definitely needed that power. And um, really back and forth after that, for the most part, in that first half, uh, some missed chances, really a lot of, uh, a lot of Man City taught, tried to come back and and do what they do best, but they didn't. They couldn't get anything done. The only thing that they got done was uh, Eric Lamella. He just was trying to find a card in that first half, but I don't know how he didn't get one because he's a dirty boy. Anyway, I don't know, Matt, if you saw any of those fouls in the first half. but I, I was um, working hmm. during these games, so I did not see anything, but oh it doesn't God. surprise me about Good old Lamella. Yeah. Dirty boy. Anyway, uh, second half didn't take long for the second goal to be put in. Foden drew the D in and then passes the ball to Sterling and then off to Gunduan. That was a great run. Just, it's, I don't think there's any other team like that, at least in the Premier League. When they get the ball around the box, they slow it down, and a lot of times you would think by slowing it down, you're not able to 
catch the defense like off guard. But yep. the runs that these city players make are so confusing to the defenders. I mean, just the majority of their goals come inside the 18. Yeah, they're like a swarm in there. They know where each other are going to be, and, you know, for the most part, where they're going to be. And just like you said, there's this calm. There's this walk it in pep calm that he's apparently teaching him or they're they're picking up some way or another. But it's eight goals in nine games for Gunduan. I mean, like. Yeah, he's on fire. Kevin gets hurt. Ilkai comes in and just takes over. Yeah. It's it's. It's a beautiful thing, but really not much to say once again about Tot. I mean, another another goal in the 66th, 66th minute from what a pass from Ederson. Oh, my God. I just wanted to run and talk about this one and not even talk about the other goals because keep with such touch. Yeah. Just put it right where it needs to be and Gunuan. That was like a 85-yard ball. Ball. Like right on his foot over the defender. I mean, it's just. And then, did you see the celebration after the goal? Like uh, all the defenders run into Ederson. Oh yeah. I mean, he was just like a kid in a candy shop. I well, don't think I've ever seen him smile that big. Well, and it's funny because which rewinding... was very scary. It's like seeing a clown smile. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. But uh, yeah, those uh, he definitely looks gangster. It's some, you know, with those tats on his neck. But going back to the penalty kick. Ederson actually came up for that and wanted to take the penalty kick, which is just funny. And the rest of the team would just like, you know, go back in the goal. But I, I bet you he probably would have put it in better than Rodri. Well, that's, I mean, there actually has been conversations with Pep Guardiola about that <clears throat> because they're, I mean, KDB has missed one, a penalty, Sterling, uh, Gundawan put it in Rose Z last time he took one. So. <laughs> Yeah, they kept asking, and um, Pep said, yeah, he, I mean, he's good enough to take one. The problem is if he misses, he's got a long way to go back, too. Yeah, not, not a risk that Pep wants to take, especially with all those clean sheets going already. Maybe. Don't mess that up. Yeah, maybe if they're playing Burnley and they're 5 nothing up, and or any team and they're about 5 nothing up, just Burnley came to mind yeah. because they always score about five on them. So. Yeah, they do. But, uh, yeah, pretty much 3 nothing. Yep. The only thing I saw that's worthy of talking about, um, you know, I love watching Tottenham play when they're on point, but not really much this time. But in the 81st minute, Gareth Bale, oh, my gosh, he actually got a nice shot off the post. Yeah, he uh, – I don't know why he decided uh, – shoot and slide at the same time it seemed like he had plenty of time just to kind of pass that in but I think he I think he lost his footing and I said he hit the post but no it was just a save but there was a little bit of move and movement I mean he he juked the defender but you know I don't want to blame it on wet grass or something like that because who knows how the conditions are but uh he I thought it was uh, he, he could have done better yeah. but we always say that about him I think yeah I just love the how Jose Mourinho and Bale are kind of having words. He's got to have somebody to have a soap opera with, yeah. you know? So it's it's been lovely to see them implode. He's not ready. <laughs> well, Gareth said he's ready. The back and forth with yeah. Josie and him is crazy. Yeah. All right. Brighton and Hove, Albion, nil. Aston Villa, nil. Um, this was an exciting nil-nil draw. Um 
pretty much it was Brighton and Hovalvian against Emiliano Martinez, mm. Aston Villa's goalkeeper. I think it was 26 shots yeah. by Brighton. Nine saves for Martinez. Yeah, all of my notes were basically Brighton and Hovalvian, Brighton and Hovalvian, Brighton and Hovalvian. I mean, Villa did not show up to this game. And man, it was it was fun because like they were taking turns on fouling <laughs> Grealish. He kept getting hit. Twenty eight fouls between the two teams. I mean, it was pretty chippy. But yeah, uh, like I said, Brighton and Ovalvian just tested Martinez so much, and yeah, he was by far the man of the match in this game. And. Yeah, I was just watching Brighton and Hove Alvian play and the way that they move off the ball and can find teammates. You know, Pep Guardiola said, you know, a few weeks ago before they played them, they said this is he said, This is one of the best coach teams in the league. Yep. And they they really, really surprised me. I've been watching them for a while, but uh this game, just the movement, I know that they weren't able to score, but they came up against a crazy good goalkeeper on the day so yeah, yeah great game my Graham Potter man there's something to be said for his lineup <clears throat> and that midfield heavy formation that he chooses that just plays really well with the defense and the backs and but yeah I, I tip my hat to old Graham for sure absolutely all right man <clears throat> Southampton won Wolves two, man. Southampton on a was it six game? Yeah, loss? man. I, yeah, five in the Premier League, I think, and six total. But um, gosh, man. And yeah, I wrote down Battle of the Hamptons. No, that probably doesn't mean anything for people across the pond. Wolverhampton, uh, Southampton. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I, one thing I saw, I wrote down in the tenth minute. Did you watch this game, Matt? I did. The where was that offsides in the in the tenth minute that they called, but they didn't really spend too much time talking about? It was interesting. I don't know if you remember that or not. If you guys listening it watched it, but um, I didn't write it down to be honest because I would, it was a flash. It was one of those like you're watching the game, they um, you're looking at it and you it looks like a good play, but then they say offsides and one of those delayed flags. And they didn't even break out VAR in the whole lines or anything. But the uh, commentators and you know kind of briefly said something about it, like, "Oh, where was that offsides?" But they moved on so quickly. But anyway, I, I wrote it down. I figured it was enough to bother me. <laughs> but uh, Southampton, man, they appeared to attack attack early, and you know, twenty fifth minute, not not much. You know, didn't take much time. Both teams kind of feeling each other out. And then Ings to Redmond. Good shot and save. But then Stuart Armstrong. You know, of course, this is like a play after. I'm getting ahead of myself. 19th minute. Ings to Redmond. Good shot. Good save. Really could have done better with it, but he didn't. And then a few minutes later, Stuart Armstrong runs down the left side. Oh, my God. That guy's got some speed. And just looked really well on that left side. And who does he... Cross the ball into, finds Danny Ings 
from the left side. If you guys saw this, it was probably one of the prettiest goals I've seen in a while. When you can catch, when Danny Ings can catch that on his right foot, solid volley, straight laser in the back of the net on the right side, right bottom. Yeah, and he was, this is a difficult angle for anybody that has played soccer, footy, whatever you want to call it. Ball's crossed in from the left-hand side, and Danny Ings is actually on the left-hand side of the goal, so he's got to come across the ball and cut across it and hit it with power and velocity and just the way he, his mechanics for this were just absolutely perfect. <clears throat> Definitely one you will never forget if you connected like that. But uh, that was really the, the, the first half, one nothing. Southampton came out. Both teams kind of feel each other out. They both go to the locker room. Southampton's up one nothing. Second half, 51st minute, not too long into it, a handball. Man, the handball that changed the game. Really, it's... No, nothing they could have done about it. I, you know, for the most part, Bertrand. Do you think he could have got out of the way? Do you think he could have done something different? Well, he was turning his back when the ball was struck, and he is so close to the ball that he protects his body with his right arm. But as he's turning, his left arm's just slightly up. Yeah, I think it was yeah, it, really harsh on Bertrand. It's really tough to call these, and once again, you know. When we're looking at things in slow motion, I think it just provides a totally different experience than real time. But like, it, nonetheless, handball, and who yeah. takes it? Neves. Yeah, the problem is with that with that handball is there was another time this weekend where something extremely similar happened. No handball. No handball, right. So it's just yeah. the consistency that everybody's looking for, and we're not getting it. Nope, not at all. But that's a whole nother conversation oh, for yeah. sure. Let me and say then... something real quick. Sorry, Jason. Go ahead, uh, You know, we got really heavy last week about the referees receiving death threats and everything and how we don't condone any of that. I know that some people may think that I'm a hypocrite because I talk a lot of smack about referees. I don't ever wish them any harm. I just think that if they're not good enough, they shouldn't be working in the Premier League. And I don't think that there's nearly enough referees in the Premier League that are good enough to referee the fastest, most watched game, I'm sorry, league on the planet. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I could be hypocritical sometimes about a lot of things, but I don't think so in in that light. So yeah. just wanted to throw that out there. Man, I don't even see that as being hypocritical because I can totally join you on that, man, because there are times when, you know, hey, w whether it's your team or not or a game that you're seeing different than the officials for whatever reason, but, you know, they don't always get it right and definitely stands for frustrating moments, but there is no need for death threats. That's yeah. just like the it's the dumbest thing I've heard, yeah. you know? Sorry. But, uh, no, it's all good, man. We it's, digress. We it, it happens. It happens. It happens, man. Um, but yeah, 53rd minute, Neves put, puts it in with his right foot, right side of the goal. No chance for the keep. And 1-1, uh, Wolves. Game changer. A little bit of switching up for both sides, some substitutions. Minamino comes out and Jinpo comes in, if I'm saying his name right, probably not. Jinpo. 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 <laughs> but uh, man, it was all Wolves in the second half. Maybe like a handful of minutes, 66th minute. Pedro Neto. Neto. <laughs> He's so neato. But uh, did you see this goal with his from the right side with his left foot? Like, yeah. Come yeah. on, man. It was dirty. Who did he take to the cleaners? 
Oh gosh. Oh man, it was the whole defense. Oh, it they was, were all uh, watching him. Uh, Vestergaard. <laughs> Poor old Vestergaard. He sent him to get a hot dog while he scored. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "You're you're uh you're a big tw- you're a big tower. I'm just gonna move oh, right gosh. around you." But um, gosh, what a goal! Beautiful. Both uh, manage- management and the managers tried to switch things up, tried to change the way the uh, team looked in formation and such with some substitutions, but nothing really felt bad for Southampton on this one. They played their heart out and just didn't get it to go, man. Yeah. You know, there was some chances after that, but like Ward-Prowse had a chance, and there was a good save from Patricio, but um, nonetheless, 2-1 Wolves. Yeah. All right, West Brom one, Man United one. Yowzer. And uh, just to be upfront and honest, man, man, I always love Manchester United, so I got to have like everything has to be right when I'm watching it, you know. So I paused it. I had to make like a a run uh, to the transfer station this morning, so I missed like the first few minutes, <laughs> and I didn't see it live, and had oh man, Matt. Two minutes into this freaking game. Yeah. What? West Bromwich. The, just work the right side. I mean, come on, Manchester United. Where, the, where was your defense? Where was your defense? But beautiful. Nonetheless, beautiful, beautiful goal from West Bromwich to start the game. Gallagher to Dion, who just blindfolded Lindelof with his hand and just was like, they wanted I'm, it more. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to win this. I'm going to score a goal. i am got the chance. I'm starting. I'm going to show you what I'm worth. So do you think it was a foul? Um, I, I mean, part of me says, yes, there might have been some extra contact. But from a defender's standpoint, are you just going to let him use you? Use you like that? Because yeah. you're being used. You look used. And maybe if, we once again, we look at it slow-mo, we can say maybe there's a little too much contact. But... No, I don't think that was a foul. Okay. Good, because you know I I frequent on some Reddit forums and they were talking about this goal and the Manchester United fans were just like, "This is BS! Like that was a foul. How could that not be a foul?" And then you know a Chelsea person was like, "Oh, like this sends them a picture of Maguire having a full headlock." on Azpilicueta, like basically a figure four on him. But that wasn't a foul, so I just, yeah. Yeah, and we're not going to talk about Blockhead for sure, but, uh, you know, I, man, I it was later. Lindelof, like, come on, man. And we, we, we all know you're not very good in the air, but uh, couldn't, can you at least try to play the ball? Because it looked like Dion just wanted to win the ball. He put his head where the ball is, and, of course, his arm wrapped around and just so happened to – cover Lindelof but still it was a great goal man and yeah. I'm, you know I'm pissed because I'm a Manchester United fan but I'm not gonna sit here and cry because the defense didn't play defense I mean in in that situation as a defender you have to you can't let the ball come to you you have to attack the ball and attack it and put it out yep and he didn't do it yeah and you know good similar situation with Manchester United going down and away they have such a you know a, a or they're actually home at Old, Old Trafford. I'm missing up, but no, they weren't. They weren't. I have it written down wrong. My error. But anyway, yeah, away they got such a great record, and you you're like, ah, oh, it's nothing. 
So uh, it really didn't seem to be too much, even though Snodgrass about almost put his header in in the 27th minute. And I'm like, where is the Manchester United? Where's Bruno? Where is Rashford? Where is Martial? Oh, Martial's sleeping. Um, but at least Luke Shaw was awake, and he could pass that beautiful cross in to Bruno Fernandez, who just leans, a, leans back and hits it with his left foot. That's a tough volley to control. <sighs> that is a volley you're going to get maybe 10% of the time, if that. It's beautiful, man. Um, the right place at the right time. Yeah, Knew I mean, what to do. He had to bring his leg up to, if he was standing, standing straight up, he had to bring his left foot up to probably his shoulder to hit that. And mm-hmm. just perfect touch pass in. Yeah, wonderful yeah. volley. And, you Difficult. know, frustrating, of course, um, as a Manchester United fan. God almighty, they went on a break right at the end of the first half. And it looked like they were like a three-on-one or something. But, of course, it was the end of the half. And They were, they were it in, was, yeah. It was the I mean, the ref, the official, like, pointed to his watch and was like, you know, that's the end of the, the half. But was like, You're still oh. in the, yeah. Right. I mean, as a if referee. If they were on the other half, maybe. Yes. But. As a referee, it is so hard for that to blow the whistle if there you feel like somebody has an attacking um, chance. It is so hard because, you know, a lot of times time is already up and you're like, well, they're kind of going for it. But in this circumstance, I mean, the ball was like just came out of the box. And, yes, they had a breakaway, but they were still in uh, yeah, it was the, no, their half. So Totally yeah. agree. And, yeah. of course, I was like, no, no, because I'm watching and I want them to win. But, no, they tied. And the first half was really um, just not fun to watch, but it was a little back and forth. You were, at least I was hoping for a more exciting second half. I kind of wonder a little bit about the officiating, but I won't spend too much time talking about it. I know it was a very cold, windy, rainy, you know, day, afternoon, I guess you could say, for this game. But both managers tried to make some changes. Um, of course, the only change that Ole really needed to make, he couldn't because he can't just take his whole defense out and <laughs> pretty much his center backs and put two new center backs in that can actually play in a good partnership but anyway um both teams really could have won this game but they didn't and it was a 1-1 draw and this is just the way the cookie crumbles you know how much i like uh harry mcguire so i want to talk about him for just a second after the game he did a interview and um he was quoted as saying you know oh when you come to west brom Nobody's going to be able to put up, you know, 10-plus chances here at West Brom at the Hawthorns. Every team that has come <laughs> to the Hawthorns this year have created more than 10 chances. So just got to throw it out there, Harry Maguire. Uh, yeah, and I, I just have to throw it out there, too, because I don't like Harry. I'm, I'm – why is this guy in press conference sometimes? Can we give the captain's armband to somebody different, please? Oh my goodness! After but, what happened in Greece and every, yeah, yeah, yeah but I mean, and and really, like, I don't know if Bay- Eric Bailey, Bailey, um, is healthy, but it just seems like when he's in there with Harry, uh, they have a better partnership. Maybe they're not trying to do the same thing. I don't know exactly what it is, but. There has to be something different soon in that center back. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
moving on to Arsenal 4, Leeds United 2. Um, Arsenal beat Leeds out of the cannon. You know, Leeds usually starts off extremely fast, and Arteta had his boys firing on all cylinders. Um, yeah, this game came out quick with Arsenal. Um, it's good to see Aubameyang back in. He had some family issues, so he'd been out for a little bit. Just hope that everything's okay with the family. But, uh, yeah, in the 13th minute, Aubameyang does a little razzle-dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> and then fires a low shot into the corner, beats Melier. And then in the 35th minute, Sokka gets take down, taken down. But the VAR says minimal contact. They reverse the call. You don't have to wait. If Arsenal fans were upset about it, wait five minutes, and then Saka gets taken down again. <laughs> this time by Melier, who gets the ball, decides to play out of the back instead of just when somebody's pressuring you. Just Sometimes you can just clear it. I know your philosophy is to play out of the back. But, yeah. This goalie, who's about, I don't know, six foot four, about, uh, yeah, he's very tall and very thin. Very lanky, yes. for sure. Yes, thank you. Decides to uh, try to dribble uh, Sokka, who's incredibly quick, and does a Cruyff that, nah, I don't even know mm. what was going on, but Sokka beats him to the ball, Melier takes him down, PK... Aubameyang steps up, fires it in. And then right before halftime, best time to score. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Arsenal worked the ball around the box extremely well. Ball finds its way over to Hector Bellerin, who beats Melier to the near post. I mean, Melier just, uh, I don't know what he was doing. I think he was still trying to figure out what happened on last last goal but anyway. I, think, I think he was looking at Bellerine's shorts he was yeah. like I don't know if that's the proper length maybe the mustache too is like can yeah. I count each individual hair is that maybe maybe he saw a hair was at a place and he was focusing on that <laughs> but yeah so going into halftime three nothing for mm. Arsenal and then two minutes into the second half, Arsenal find their fourth when Smith Rowe scuffs a shot, kind of tries to bend it in, but mishits it and just plays a lofty ball to Uba Aubameyang, who slides in with a diving header to score mm. to finish off his hat trick. But Leeds did not give up. In the 58th minute, Strauch, weird, weird name. <laughs> I had to write it down how you pronounce it because if you look at it, it's like S-T-R-U-I-J-K. It's pronounced Strauch. Well said. Yeah. But anyway, bullet header came sprinting in off of a corner. Lovely goal. And then in the 69th minute, Leeds worked the ball really well from back to front. Finds Helder Acosta who finishes off. The Yeah, off a great move. So both teams should have scored more goals, but in the end, Arsenal definitely outplayed Leeds and deserved the win. 
So Arsenal moving up a little bit in the table. We'll see how long that lasts for them. Yeah. All right. Everton nil. Fulham two? Did, did I see that right? Yeah. Okay, this, this game was all Fulham. Wow. All Fulham. Team that's like second to last. Loves to tie games. <laughs> Can't find a winning winning goal to save their lives. Found Josh Maja. Who's yeah. that guy? Yeah. His first start for Fulham in the Premier League gets a brace. Mm. Yeah. Just, I mean, Fulham outplayed Everton beginning to end. Uh, I don't know what was going on with with Everton. They were with without Dar- Dominic Calvert-Lewin. But, yeah, they just seemed off pace the whole day. Fulham, Scotty P's boys, just no regrets. No regrets. <laughs> Do you think Carlo uh, raised an eyebrow? I think both of his eyebrows went on a moon mission this time. <laughs> but, yeah, in the 48th minute, Lookman to Ola Aina. Yep, that is not a cuss word. Who fires a low cross in for Josh Maja to slide in and score. And then in the 65th minute, Harrison Reed smashes a ball in. And the keeper, um, Olsen for Everton, does a great job to save it. Fingertips it, but when he does that, it bounces off the post perfectly to Maja, who just walks the ball in for his second. Um, later on in the game, uh, Josh King comes on for Everton. I think he's on loan or they bought him from Bournemouth. Um, but he scores just to be called offsides. And that was about it for Everton. They really didn't have anything going on. Mm. But yeah. All Scotty P. All Scotty P. Moving on to West Ham. Three. Sheffield United, nil. Yeah, man. Well, Chris Wilder's boys just couldn't catch a break today. But uh, it was interesting. Interesting lineup, you know. David Moyes doesn't really have a true striker in his side, so who does he play up front? Nonetheless, <laughs> Bowen. Yeah. What uh, What's going on with Mikel Antonio? Is he hurt again? All I heard was fatigue, and okay. he did not pass a fitness test. So uh, I wonder if there's something else they're not telling us. But uh, you know, because he he was he did the fitness test before the game, but wasn't good to go. So hmm. hopefully, whatever it is, Mister Mikel, get healthy. Yes, beast mode. Yeah, but um, man, really didn't. I mean, he got bone up front, but it seemed like Jesse Lingard's like filling some shoes or something, because uh, he would he had been threatening the whole first half. It was a lot of West Ham United, the chefs as I call them. We're trying to get out there and do something, but they just couldn't really put anything together in the final third. You know, they're trying to get their strikers the ball. I don't know if the strikers, a couple of them are hiding sometimes, but nonetheless really couldn't get anything going. And, you know, towards the towards the end, um, let's see, towards the end of the first half is when they actually had the first goal. Not really much to talk about. Fourth minute free kick from Declan Rice goes through the wall. Didn't really do much. But uh, 39th minute, West Ham goes on a run. Bowen feeds the ball to Lingard. And, man, poor old Basham. 
takes him down from behind. I mean, he was just, you saw him running down. He was trying to catch Jesse, and he finally got up to him, and it was just contact. Boop. Yeah, it was like a, basically, he T boned him. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It's well said. Oh, man. But um, yeah, PK, they looked at it. Probably didn't have to look at it too long. Jesse's like, um, can I can I take this uh, penalty kick? And Declan Rice is like, no, boy, get back. Yeah. So twenty uh, two year old captain. Man, I think take, he's twenty two. He's definitely young, and he's he may be going places, but he definitely uh, took up, put placed the ball down, and right footed shot left side, pretty good PK, one nothing, and that pretty much says the first half. Second half. He's 22. 22. Yep. Definitely a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. Good leader. Came from the Chelsea Academy. Yeah. Yep. That's why. Did he come from Chelsea, Matt? He <laughs> like, came from Chelsea. Like everybody else. Cullum. Cullum. Half, half of Chelsea's academies just spread out all over. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, second half. 52nd minute. Sharp crosses into McGoldrick. You think they're going to get on the board, but no. Kind of wondered if McGoldrick needs a little head in practice because he seemed to have, like, at least three chances in this game that he just could not put away. But, uh, you know, that being said, pretty much all West Ham in the second half. 58th minute, corner kick, Cresswell to Diop. Mm -hmm. Beautiful header, just just did what he had to do, tuck it away. And then the 73rd minute, Soufal, oh, Vlad. I just I just want to say something about Vlad. Vlad. I like Vlad watching him play. He man missed a chance. He it was like he was running down. He has the ball. He's not used to taking shots on goal. So he looks. He's like, oh my god, what am I supposed to do? Look left. Should I pass it? No, I gotta shoot. Yeah. And by that time, he gave enough time for really the keep to see what he was doing, and it was a save. So yeah. But uh, defender, defender, defender. Oh man, but it's nice when those defenders actually get a chance. Some of them put it away. But not everybody can be like a Reese James, Matt, and just on the right side. But anyway, um, extra time. I think it was like 93rd, 4th, 5th minute, whatever. Benarama to Ryan Fredericks. 96th minute. minute. So it was like right before they blew the whistle. Yep. Pretty much the last kick of the game almost. And I think Ryan Fredericks had been in the game for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's like, he got it done. Let me just take this ball. Oh, my God. I'm going to get lots of time on the box. I'm just going to take the ball, shuffle it over, and take it with my right foot and just back of the net. It was. Where it was, was the D? It's crazy this guy gets the ball inside the box, looks up to shoot. Nobody closes him down. Doesn't shoot. Dribs it closer. Looks up, nobody's pressuring him, so he's like, okay, I'll just keep going. Yeah. What, what, and just passed it in. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, Sheffield United. If he missed that, I, I would have been very disappointed. Yeah. But nonetheless, Sheffield United, wow. Got a lot of work to do. Yep. West Ham moving up the table above Liverpool. Yes, and – Gosh, that London, the London teams are back to back. What is it, goal differential keeping them? Yep. Separated? Yep. <clears throat> wow. Moving on to the final game of the week. Was there a game after that? Yeah. Chelsea 2, Newcastle 0. Basically, um, what I learned from this is do not make Timo mad. <laughs> <laughs> Timo, he got, he got Timo, punched in the face, yeah, didn't he? Twice. So, Timo. By the way, he's he's had a cut 
I think he's got like uh, just really dry lips or something because he's had a cut in his lip for a while now. But uh, got smacked in the face, opened up the wound, so he's bloodied. And yeah, he gets mad and tears off down the line in the 31st minute, fires it across. Mason Mount crashes in. Goalie saves it, pushes it out. Our boy Carl Darlow pushes it out, finds Drew. Drew just buries it. Which Drew came on for Tammy Abraham. Mm. Tammy Abraham got taken out pretty hard from behind. That that was a difficult one for me to call. I mean, yes, he got the ball, but the way he went through the back of the player and basically snapped his ankle underneath of him, it just seemed like it was a little too too much force in that. Didn't, but, didn't the offense – didn't Tammy have position on the defender and he kind of swung around and barely got the ball but had already made contact and kind of scissored his ankle? Yeah. I wondered if why they didn't take a closer look at this. They didn't look but, at it at all. Yeah, I was very surprised. And that's that's one of those that, yeah, easily could have been called. I can see also why it wasn't because he did make contact with the ball before hitting the player. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just unfortunate for Tammy because he's been in a good position lately starting. Um, hope he's okay. Probably some ankle ligaments not looking too good. Never a good injury. But, yeah. But in the 39th minute, don't make Timo mad. Don't make Timo mad. Corner gets played in, finds its way to Timo, who scoops it in for his first goal in a hundred days. Like a thousand minutes of oh, playing time. Yeah, he's been so unfortunate. He had plenty of opportunities to score more in this game. Yeah, um, first half was all Chelsea. Second half, Newcastle came out and pressured Chelsea and put them – they were, I could tell my boys were nervous for a while. I was nervous. But, uh, yeah, Keppa was in goal, which was surprising. He had a nice save, a couple nice saves. He brought some confidence back. So, yeah, the uh, Newcastle tested him quite a few times. Chelsea should have put the game to bed earlier on. But, uh, yeah, ends 2 nothing. And since Thomas Tuchel – that's actually how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. I, I saw somewhere it's too cool. They yeah. had him in like sunglasses and doing sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, since he has come to Chelsea, four wins, one draw, one goal conceded, and that goal was scored by a Chelsea player. <laughs> when you're a very smart German and yes. you understand the logic of the game, you put things in per. Certain positions, so they do better for you. Yes, yes. That was a really bad accent, but... It's okay. Yeah, Tuchel, man, he's doing things. And Timo, just seeing how happy he was when he put that goal in, finally. I I mean, I've always admired him, even when, you know, Bundesliga. And it's just nice, because you can imagine how it feels playing on the big stage and being goalless for that long. Yeah. Like, spotlight. What was funny about that was <clears throat> they had to check for offsides, a handball or something. It was a handball on Drew. Uh, True. So they were sitting at the center circle waiting, and then the referee blows the whistle and it's like, yes, it's a goal. 
And you see this release of just relief and stress and everything come off of Timo's face. But he starts pressuring the ball, and what happens? Like three seconds, he gets hit in the face again. <laughs> oh, Timo mad. Timo the prize fighter. <laughs> but, yeah. Another good win for Chelsea. Move up into the top four. Tied on points with West Ham, but better goal differential. So, yeah. Good, good end to the, the week. And what we're going to do now is move on to our our segments. We're going to try to get through these quick because our tailgate this this week, our email that came in, has got a lot of talking going on. we got to go over quite a few things. So, so we're going to make this real quick. This first segment is called... It's the creme de la, it's the creme de la, it's the creme de la... Prim de la Prim. And basically, this is the best of the best. Jason, who do you have? I've got, for my Creme de la Prim, none other than Pierre Emmerich Obamarang <laughs> with a hat trick. And, I mean, just had some some issues. Family, I believe his mother was sick for some time, and he wanted to be with her. Can only imagine how that feels. But um, just first start after being out and puts a hat full out there, man. Yeah, hat trick. Yes, sir. Well, my creme de la prem this week is Pedro Neto. That move he did on Vestergaard. The reason, I mean, I like this a lot because um, this is one of my only moves that I have. (laughs) (laughs) You open up your body like you're going to pass one way, and you just use your little ice cream scoop on your foot and just scoop it the other way and go right by him and yeah the way he did it and then just smash the ball past uh mccarthy for the goal was just at a very acute angle Mm. not obtuse acute angle just lovely goal and he's just quality youngster too man 20 years old scary yeah i mean gosh i'm glad he's getting a chance portuguese man gotta watch out for those boys lots of skill all right, we are going to move on to what uh, this is. This is one you don't want your name called out on. We call this. Bless your heart. Bless your little heart. Jason, who do you have for Bless Your Heart? Well, man, uh, I had to give it to you just because I've been watching Southampton for so long and. Uh, Hasn't Hoodle. I'm just going to give it to him again. Uh, actually, I don't know if it's again, but I've been talking about him a lot. You know, 9 nothing defeat and losing five straight in the EPL after a really, or a pretty good start for the most part from Southampton. But yeah, man, they, man, I thought they were going to win that game against the Wolves, but just couldn't put it together and just hope that they can uh, do something now. I think they got a healthier team. Hopefully Vestigard and the rest of the defense can get things together and uh, do better next time. Playing Chelsea next. So So we'll see. Do better we'll next see. time. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to give my bless your heart moment to Davison Sanchez. <laughs> Tell more. So Ederson plays this 80-yard ball in the air over Davison Sanchez's head. Gundogan bumps him a little bit, 
controls the ball with such grace and then proceeds to uh, <laughs> send Domison Sanchez, I don't know, to the Seattle fish market because that dude looked like a fish jumping out of water. Was I it? mean, if you haven't seen this, it is so funny. Davison Sanchez loses uh, just traction. I don't know what happened, but he just loses his footing, and he starts falling forward. And credit to him, still tries to block the ball, so he just dives forward with his head when he's not even close to the ball and tries to block the shot, and he lands like face first in the ground. If you haven't seen it, Please wear a diaper. It'll make you pee your pants. <laughs> He's a silly willy. I mean, yeah, just like a fish. Well said. Oh, my gosh. That was – and for it to happen to a Tottenham player. Sorry, Nick. I had to do it. Mm. Sorry, buddy. All right. Moving on to our final segment. Joe says that this makes the ladies go wild. We call this <laughs> – Fine as frog's hair. All right. All right. <laughs> Try to get a little Matthew McConaughey in right now. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Jason, who you got for fine as frog's hair? Will Matt. For fine as frog's hair? I've got none other than Danny Ings. Hmm. And just that Danny Ings goal, that volley. Uh, Matt, have you ever connected quite like that? I did that. One that comes to mind, there's two. One I didn't score left-footed. It was a corner kick, and it came all the way across, and I connected with my left foot, and it sounded like it came out of a cannon, but I hit the Mm. side netting. But the other time, it's probably the greatest goal I've ever scored, was in club ball when I was in high school. Same thing, corner kick, nobody marked me. I did a scissor kick, mm. hit it at true, upper 90, across mm. goal. I got up, beat my chest like King Kong, and just said, what? Everybody looked at me like, what just happened? <laughs> exactly. Yes. I love the description because I feel like Danny probably wanted to do the same thing. But, uh, I mean, you connect like that. You, you got, you'll never forget it. Yeah. It's just a feeling. It's a sound. I mean, whether it's the blast, your ball, the ball, and your foot meeting the ball, and then the ball in the back of the net. But anyway, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, great goal. I got to give my finest frog's hair to somebody that doesn't look very fine, but what a pass. Ederson, Mm. a goalie, hitting that 80 to 85-yard ball, giving out the assist. I mean, just wonderful. Neck tattoo, well done, sir. The ball's afraid of him. Yeah, it it should be. I mean, everybody should be afraid of him because when he comes out, just his body size. I mean, he's he's definitely got some big old tree trunk kind of thighs on him, but he just looks like like you see him in a dark alley and you're just like, whoa, whoa. Does, does he have a nickname? I don't know. I wonder, you know, I mean – Brazilians, whatever, you know, South Americans, usually like the Edmundo, the animal. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I wonder. They, I think he needs a name if he doesn't have one yet. It's probably just neck tattoo. A gangsta. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are moving on to the tailgate. Yes, this week we did receive an email. And thank you. Thank you for the email. This is from our first lady. Hmm. Lady email. Cool. This is from Victoria. Thank you, Victoria, for actually reaching out to us. Victoria. Victoria says, Hi, studs. First off, what the hell is going wrong with Liverpool? Can Hmm. it be fixed? Second question. As a fan of soccer and reality TV, what if each team in the Premier League sent three players to a Love Island situation? So which players would they send, and do you think they'd find love? My money is on Aston Villa, Grealish, Mings, and Cash cleaning up. Thanks. Victoria. Somebody has a thing for Aston Villa. Apparently. So let's start off with the first uh, first question. What the hell is going on with Liverpool, and can it be fixed? Jason? What the hell, man? Um, gosh, there's so much to talk about. And I really uh, want to go back to last season with Liverpool and just say that both backs, Robertson and Trent Alexander, looking tired, didn't really have a whole lot of... uh, Man, they played a lot of minutes is all I got to say. And they really, really need those two center backs in a partnership, just the way they play. You know, we even talked about it earlier, how they go up and down the field. They feed the midfield and the offense when they're playing. But no, you don't have two center backs. You lost your your big man really early in the season and then you lost your second go-to Gomez you know so you have both of those guys out then you have the midfield who's now taking responsibility for those two center back positions Fabinho did really well he gets hurt so mass amount of injuries your midfield is playing defense you have no leadership in the midfield got some good midfielders and nothing to take away from the silver fox Tiago yep but no leadership he tries to, you know, get Milner in there, but uh, Milner's a little, he's got some mileage on him. But anyway, um, really, no leadership. Uh, Klopp's got a lot of things to deal with. You know, bless him, like truly bless him, because he was unable to go to his own mother's funeral because of the travel protocol that's going on right now. So, so much weight on his shoulders and then a cherry on top with this, as well as his, both of his wingers not playing to their best together so what do you think matt i think um liverpool last year had a lot of luck on their side there is a you know sometimes you earn your luck sometimes it just happens Mm. but in order to to win the premier league you got to have a little bit of luck and they used a lot of their luck last season plus as soon as you become champions, you have a giant target on your back. Yep. No matter what. If you go to, I mean, anywhere in the Premier League as a champions, people are going to show up with more enthusiasm to say, hey, we beat this team. And I don't think they've been prepared for that because the, the season before, when they weren't champions – they didn't have that uh, – they just kind of went in there fearless. Excuse me. Now I feel like they're 
they're feeling the pressure of that championship on their shoulders and it's just getting a little too much they've had a lot of injuries but every team has had injuries um I think the the main thing is, is they're they're playing probably about the same that they did last year without a couple of key players here and there definitely the, not as much confidence yes not as much confidence I mean you can see it in Allison with the mistakes he's made recently he doesn't trust his defenders yeah and that that's a big deal. So there's a lot going on at Liverpool. Can it be fixed? Absolutely. Klopp has got such a good head on his soldier, shoulders um, to really bring this team out of it. But, I mean, it's too little too late. They're, there's no way that they can come back and try to retain their league title, especially the way Man City's playing. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yes. but – we move on to the biggest part of this, and this is the Love Island. <laughs> so, Jason, what oh. we did, guys, um, is Jason and I each had five games this week. So we took the teams from those five games and made a list, at least I did, of players who would go to Love Island. Yeah. This is a little strange. Yeah, I'm a very creative question. Yes. Um, but but. Um, never really have ever been a fan of reality TV. I mean, I got so much reality in my own life. <laughs> but, um, n- you know, not taking anything away from it because I know there's some popular shows out there. Love Island Across the Pond, uh, I think. Or uh, I think that's a show that's being Big Brother. Yeah, there's so many. Bachelor, Bachelorette. But uh, I wasn't sure, Matt. I was just going to ask you, am I supposed to be picking players, a different player from each team, or can I get, like, two players from one team since she has all the players from Austin Villa? She said three players from each team. Who would they send? From each team? Yeah. Wow. So if you want me to go first. Please do. Okay. So I started off with the first First game of the weekend, Leicester-Liverpool. For Leicester, I've got Casper Smichael, Rosie Perez, and you can't have Love Island without Jamie Vardy. <laughs> no way. So that's a pretty good bunch, right? Liverpool, I've got James Milner because he'd be the kind of the dad of it and just, you know, true gentleman, true gentleman. Young Gun Silver Fox, Tiago Alicantra, and then Allison. I mean, come on. Beautiful man. Beautiful man. Okay. And then for Brighton and Hove Albion, I got Dan Byrne, who's six foot seven. You know, ladies like the tall men, so he's going to be hovering over these ladies. Yeah, yeah. I got Al- <laughs> Alexis McAllister. I didn't know that McAllister was Argentinian. I found that out this week. So I liked his silky smooth play. I think he'd be silky smooth with the ladies. And then Trossard. He's got a little gray up front in the hair. Looks a little sophisticated. He's also got that kind of like, uh, um, like I haven't slept in a few days look. You know, that dark look. So he, he'd, be, he'd be a dark horse on this, uh, this Love Island. <laughs> Villa, I went with hers. I mean, I think, you know, Grealish, Mings, Matty Cash. Yeah, it's good. Now, Arsenal. 
Arsenal, I've got Hector Bellerin. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got to have somebody that's got style. And this guy would just be nothing but style. <laughs> oh, man. Danny Ceballos. And then I got Lacazette. I think Laca would do really well. You think so? Yeah. And then for Leeds, I got Patty Bam Bam. Gotta have Patty. Got Jack Harrison because of the man bun. And then Calvin Phillips because of the man bun. Gotta have some hair in this and just, guys, let your hair down. Let's see it. <laughs> oh, man, this is weird. This this is weird. Yeah. For Everton, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Yes, sir. Andre Gomez, the Portuguese, the guy that has hair for days, and then can't go anywhere without your gilf. Gilfie Sigurdsson. Yeah. All right. And then for Fulham, I've got Handsome Anderson. That's Joe's nickname for him. we got to have Tim Ream the Strawberry Dream up in there. <laughs> And then for the first time, I, I'm sorry, I know you said players, but I got to throw Scotty Parker in there. Come on, Scotty P. No regrets up in there. And then for Chelsea, got to have a, a model, a French model, Olivier Giroud. And then Zach Morris, Marcus Alonso. And then I'm bringing in a lone player for my Chelsea squad, Ruben Lotfus Cheek. Gosh, that is some. That's a sexy man meat sandwich right I th- there. I think you just like saying his name. But, I do. Uh, I really do. You, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. I got one more. Uh, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Newcastle. Gotta have Carl Darlow, our boy. Cullen Wilson. He's a good looking man. He needs to be in there. And then Alan Saint Maximin. Love it. Matt apparently did his homework. Yeah. Um, I guess I must I must have misread the email because I only listed three players. And for me to go through all the teams, it would just be like, bleh, right now. So I wouldn't do that to you guys. But I do want to say that since I did misread the email, I put some thought in it. Okay. And the three names that came to my mind first, since I don't watch reality television, is none other than Phil Foden. Mason Greenwood. I feel like they had an uh, an interesting happening when they were with the English team this year in oh, Iceland, oh, oh, oh. and they really, really want to just show what they're worth, you know. So okay. give them a chance. Let okay. them do whether Phil Foden's with his little um, eyebrow action, you know. Mason Greenwood just trying to tag along. I want to be cool like Phil, but um. And then the other one that I have on here because I like him so much. This is sarcasm. Harry Maguire. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because the guy needs some love. And I don't know how well he would do. Maybe he would be the quiet guy that just made people laugh with his intelligence. But as long as long as this as long as this show is not in Greece, because I don't know if he can go back there. But uh that's all I had to say. And I really wanted to say this part that uh I think I think Mason Greenwood would probably take it all. <laughs> Man, Harry Maguire would be the one that is the one guy that everybody cannot stand, and he would just he'd just be starting starting fights left and right. See him once he gets a few champagnes in him, he's fighting cops. We already know that. 
Man, that's and that's what you need in reality television is oh, that entertainment, the drama, so, wild card. But I, I know that you listed off some serious wild cards too, so yeah. it'd be interesting. Yeah. So I mean, out of all these teams, you know, I Chelsea has got a good looking bunch of men, but I got to give it to Everton. I think Dominic Calvert Lewin, Andre Gomez. I mean, shoot. You could even say James Rodriguez. Colombian gold. Yeah, but Gilfy, the Gilf, <laughs> the Icelandic. Oh man, I think I think that would be the team that would rack up. That's some good looking, well, good looking peeps up in there. But what what if what if you're into man buns? I mean, you'd be totally up with Leeds. Yep. I mean, I don't know. I think they have like the best team barber because those guys are always have their their buns on check. Yeah, Rafina. You know? Jack looking Harrison, fresh. I mean, he trimmed his a little bit. Yeah, looking but fresh. There's some uh, pretty G- GQ individuals on Absolutely. a lot of teams. So, gosh. So the question is, would any of them find love? I don't think so. I think being young and a professional football player, you don't need love. Ooh. You just need that green grass, that onion bag, and that beautiful, beautiful ball. Yeah. <laughs> I think they'd find lots of infatuation, but maybe not so much love. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was uh, – Victoria, thank you. That was um, – that tested tested us quite, <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah, I think my head almost exploded. Yeah, but uh, what an interesting email. Um, yeah, I know that – Emma loves her some reality TV, but uh, she's tried to pull me into it, and I just don't like drama. I think there's enough going on in the world that if I turn on a TV and I see a bunch of people yelling at each other, I'm like, nah, I'm I'm good. I'm really good. You know what, Matt? I think over 20 years of people watching reality television has just turned this world into one reality television show. That's true. Very true. Well, hopefully... We answered your question, Victoria, as well as we could. Sorry, Jason didn't um, read everything all the way through. Well, I, so still, that's cool. I still think I had a pretty good approach to it. Yeah, I can see see that your, your guys being – that would be interesting, absolutely. Anyway, sorry. Um, guys, if you want to email us, please email us at seersoccerstuds at gmail. If you want to reach us on Instagram, at Seer Soccer Studs, and on Twitter, which we're hardly ever active on, at Seer Soccer Studs. Guys, thank you again for listening. I think Joe may be coming back this week. Not really sure. But when he does, we'll have to do a special pod of Joe's travels around the U.S. Yeah. Until next time. Yep. Studs up.